Leafs Nation, welcome to the Fanside Network's home for Leafs talk. Tip of the Tower is proud to present the TOT Cast Leafs edition with your hosts, Chris O'Cranit and David Morissuti. Welcome back to this week's TOT Cast. I'm joined by David Morissuti and we have staff writer Jake Middleton join us. Guys, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Dave, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Chris. Uh, Jake's glad to have you on board for today. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime, pal. What did you guys think of the All-Star game last night? Honestly, I'll just say, you know, when I was watching the All-Star game, I was, I was genuinely shocked at how much I enjoyed tuning in and watching the whole event. I mean, that's got to be the first time in, in a long time, ever since they had the North America versus Worlds that I've... I've wanted to actually watch it. I mean, everything about it was intriguing from the three-on-three aspect of the game to obviously the John Scott fiasco. Uh, I thought the whole weekend was amazing and that Nashville was a a tremendous host for the whole thing. Yeah, I do think, yeah, Nashville's a great city. I'm glad that they were able to put a good uh, show on for them. Uh, You can see that the hockey community uh, is thriving. I was actually really intrigued when they announced the whole three-on-three idea. I thought that was something that would help bring back some interest from not just from the players but from the fans. Obviously, they were able to salvage this whole John Scott situation. I guess John Scott kind of did that himself and the players. I, I think the one thing you could take out of this game was that it shows how much the players have each other's backs. You know, with everything that happened with John Scott this weekend, no matter what happened, these players uh, they stood behind their guy and. They made a great weekend out of it. So, um, yeah, this was probably one of the best All-Star games I've seen. I mean, I, it's a little hard to recall the whole uh, North America versus uh, Worlds one, but that was probably the best one I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think that format went out in like 05 or 06 or something like that. So Yeah, it was around there. That's when it went out. Yeah. Yesterday's game was pretty great, though, to see John Scott hooking up with his buddies Brent Burns and uh, Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah, and Pavelski, too. Yeah, Pavelski, too. What did you guys think of them, them carrying him off the ice? I thought it was awesome. I, I don't think you could write a better script than what happened. You know, him actually scoring a really nice goal. I was shocked at how nice that goal was. Not a bad stand. And, and just, uh, yeah, just the Im- impromptu decision uh, by Brent Burns and Pavelski to put him on their shoulders was pretty awesome to see. I was worried they were going to drop him. Like, Yeah, he's a big dude. He's about, he's, he said he's yeah, 285, so... He said he was clo- yeah, clo- you know, with all the equipment and all that stuff. I w- that was what I was worried about. Um, I mean, Brent Bird is a pretty big guy, but F- Pavelski and I think Jordana was the other player carrying him up. Like, I would have been. That's the one thing I was worried about. But no, it was a, it was a great moment. I mean, you can't, you can't write. Yeah, as you said, you can't write anything better than that. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the NHL is now has has to have their tail between the legs after what has happened the last couple of days, but. Luckily, the players were able to make something good out of it, which was nice. If you ask Gary Batman, the fans won't boo him anymore because they have a good product on the ice, apparently. So shows how in touch he is with the game. Yeah, uh, he's kind of a he's kind of a dink, I think. But yeah, yeah. no, they they were lucky that he was such a good sport about it. Because I mean, after after I don't know if you read his thing in the Players Tribune about yep. uh, the comments they made that what would your would your kids be proud of this? That was a little that was a little too far for me. Looked like and, he's pretty you know, proud of that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I, I think it was just great seeing him 
you know, not even be on the uh, MVP ballot, you know, win the whole thing, get an MVP chant, and then have him go up there and get the check from Gary Bettman was pretty great to see. You get a free car, too. Yeah. And the way... Yeah, and the way he did it too, like he could have been, he could have ruined this whole All Star game because of how he was treated. But he took it in stride, and he he went there to enjoy himself, not to make uh, him the story about it, which was what I liked too. Like he could he could have gone the all opposite direction and you know laid out players, try to f- fight players, but I he, t- I guess he wanted to show uh, what everyone everyone wrong and that he's not just your average goon and he's actually a beloved player with his teammates and you saw that this weekend well it's pretty cool to see him and Kaner go out a bit I mean it was joking around but it was it was a nice touch yeah I thought it was pretty funny too well yeah he accidentally knocked him over he uh (laughs) hit him (laughs) I thought that was pretty comical yeah it was pretty funny he's a small guy so he just bounced off of him did you guys catch any AHL All-Star game at least the skills comp yeah, I saw a little bit. I watched a, a bit of the game today. I, I saw the goal by uh, by Levo, and I watched a little bit of the skills by uh, Nylander and, and Brennan. Uh, the three of those guys were, it was like a four-on-four, four, I think, and those three guys were all on the ice together, so that was pretty cool to see. Did you get yeah. good, Dave? Yeah, I saw the Levo goal. I mean, that was just something I've seen from him all season. I caught a bit of the uh, the skills competition. Um I mean, it was kind of an awkward timing, but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it's good to see the Toronto Marlies have uh, some representation this year, especially uh, the three players who I think deserve it on that team. So it's good to get there. And Sheldon Keefe getting recognition there as uh, you know coaching the the team as well. Uh, it's a great. It's you know, it's good. It just shows how uh, how much the Marlies have come this year and how dominant they've been. So it was, it's, it was nice to see, especially you know, Levo scoring that goal. It was a pretty nice shot too. Yeah, right how, on the bar there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you say how dominant the Marlies have been this year. Is uh, is this the year to win the Calder Cup, or is it theirs to lose? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I look at the AHL and the current standings, I mean, it's clearly an indicator of how dominant of a team they are. I mean, through forty-seven games, I think they're they're thirty-eight, thirty-six, eight and three, I think. And they got 75 points and a goal differential of plus 72. I mean, they got a 14-point cushion on anybody in the league. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, for any league, to have a 14-point cushion is, is completely absurd. Uh, when you think about it, and I mean, what differentiates this team from the team that went to the Calder Cup final a couple of years ago with Kadri and Gardner is just that the youth on this team is where all the production is coming from. Outside of uh, two players, you know, T.J. Brennan and Mark Arcabello, I count easily 10 players who I could see playing on the Leafs in the next two years, and that's something that's extremely impressive. I mean, when you look at their road to a Calder Cup championship, I think the only two teams that present any sort of challenge are the Ontario Reign, the team that won last year, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Pittsburgh Penguins team in Wilkes-Barre. The Penguins, because they got in my opinion, the best goaltending prospect in hockey not playing, Matt Murray, and the Ontario Reign because they're the defending champs and they, they got a ton of talent over there in Kempe and, and all the prospects that, that the Kings seemingly pull up every year. Yeah, I mean, you. I think you nailed it there, Jake. Like, you look at this team, there's such a balanced lineup. I mean, there's not really a too much of a weak spot on the lineup. You could have said that Bebo had a rough start to the season, but... 
I mean, everyone's kind of bought in, and especially the young players trying to keep them motivated throughout the season. And now that they just added Connor Brown, it's like acquiring a brand new player with not without giving up anything. And then you have uh, William Nylander who just came back from his concussion. Like they were playing most of the season without a month without Nylander, and then pretty much half the season without yeah, Brown. Three months without Brown, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they're still they were still more dominant. Like I was like when I heard Brown was coming back, I'm like, my God, this team was good. Now they're just going to get better. But honestly, they're the favorite this year. They should be, as you say. Yeah, there could be there could be a lot of pressure to win it. Uh, but this, I mean, Sheldon Keefe is an experienced coach. Uh, you know, he's been there before with Sault Saint Marie. Um, I don't, you know, the TJ Brennan has been in the HL a long time. I, can, I, I can't see them having this like disastrous ending, but yeah, I'm, I'm really optimistic with what this team can do moving forward. Um, for sure. Well, considering how much success they've had, who are you guys most pleased with in their progression? Uh, Jake, is there anybody who stands out to you that's really taken a big step forward this year? Um, yeah, I mean, as a Leafs fan, you have to be extremely pleased with the development of, you know, everybody on the team. I mean, it's pretty hard to point out one or two players because I can't think of a player that's had a relatively disappointing year. Uh, someone who hasn't gone completely uh, beyond what was expected of him, but, I mean, you got to put Nylander at the top of that list. I mean, just ridiculous numbers he's been putting up. As I wrote in one of my columns, I think that he's got the highest points-per-game average by a teenager in AHL history, which yeah. is completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean... To say he's not the best prospect not playing in the NHL is is legitimately up for debate. It's either him or Austin Matthews, I think, right now. So, I mean, what he's done has been extremely impressive. What Kasperi Kapanen has done since coming back from the World Juniors, I think he's been playing, you know, great with a ton of confidence. Um, you know, Levo's looked really good, but yeah, those are the those are the three guys that I would say have been the best players thus far, but, I mean, also you've got to include Connor Brown over the past two weeks. I mean, I know he's missed a bunch of time, but he's picked up where he's left off, um, putting up almost a point per game thus far. So, I mean, you got to look at the forwards and got to be really excited that they'll add some skill for next year. Yeah, for me, um, the player that's really surprised me this year has been Brendan Leipzig. I mean, he got off to a little bit of a slow start at the beginning, but, you know, with Nylander and Brown out, he stepped up in a big way. I mean, he was probably one of the better forwards along with Arcabello and Levo and Shoshnikov. But Leipzig really took a step, you know, to lead the team offensively when they didn't have their best offensive player there. I mean, you look at what, how we got him in that Cody Franzen trade. I'm pretty sure Nashville is going to be kicking themselves, not knowing that the Leafs have another talented forward on their team. And then we only gave up what, Cody Franzen and Mike Santorelli. Yeah. Like that, I think you really speaks to what Kyle Dubas has been trying to do since he's gotten here to get good young players that he can develop with the Marlies. Like I could, I could legitimately see Leipzig in a conversation for a, Le- a spot with the Leafs next season. He, I think he's been that good. And he's, I mean, he's a smaller player, but he doesn't play like that either. Well, another smaller player in the Marlies that's actually been very good this year, and he's leading the HL in points, is TJ Brennan. I know he's not a young guy like most of the players on the roster, but do you guys think he'll ever get a shot with the Leafs again? 
Um, you know, for me, I've been thinking about that for a while, uh, seeing his numbers. And, you know, I, as much as I would love to see him get a shot at the Leafs, there are so many factors that are working against him for me to see him make it. I mean, the first and most obvious is be, would be that he has to clear waivers. And when that happens, when they would send him down, he would most likely be claimed because he's such a dominant player in the AHL. And the other thing would be is that he's very weak defensively. He essentially is a, like a, an extra forward out there playing. I mean, he's very good offensively, but he, I don't think he's good enough defensively to be in the NHL. <clears throat> and also, uh, the last thing is that there's just a, a, a glut of left-handed, left-shot defensemen playing for the Leafs right now who are already better than him and Riley, Fanoff, and Gardner. I mean, as is, the Leafs, I think, have, what, one right-shot defenseman? So, I mean, as much as I'd like to see him make it, you know, it's going to be tough because obviously Mike Babcock likes having that balance between left and right. So, you know, as much as I'd like to see him get a chance, I just don't see it happening personally. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd you obviously want to bring up the players who have earned it this season. You could say he's earned it by his offensive production. But, yeah, I think, uh, Jake, you've said it, you know. He's been putting up all these points in the HL, yet he's still been unable to crack an NHL lineup for obvious reasons with his uh, defensive ability. But the other thing is, too, he's seen as the leader on the blue line, too. So I think it would be better just to have him around into, for the rest of the season, uh, call up some other players that you know you, you have options you know, with not having to use waivers or anything. I think that would be the better option. I know it probably sucks for Brenton. He'd probably like to get a shot in the NHL. Could happen, but I don't. As yeah, I don't think it will happen. Even though he's deserving of it, for sure. He's so. also not getting compensated badly, so I don't think he's. It's not as big a deal. He's getting, I think, about three hundred grand. So it's not like he's making sixty grand like some of these other kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Jake, you brought up an interesting point when you said Babcock likes the balance between the left and right defensemen, especially the handedness. How much value do you guys put in that? Do you are you do you believe in it, or do you feel that it's just something that he prefers? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm a big believer in it personally. I mean, it's you know it's obviously really hard to find right shot defensemen anyway. And I mean, as you've seen with with Team Canada, he's always had that balance left to right, left to right. He's left off some really good players off of those teams, and he just wants to have a balance like that. Personally, I like it. You know, have them on their off wing, so you're shooting towards the middle of the ice instead. You're on your off wing, and it's harder to get shots to the middle. I mean, I think it's. It's a big thing uh, offensively and on power plays. You want to have, you know, the right shot on the left side and the left shot on the right side. And you know, personally, I think it's something that he he's looking for. I mean, a person that he. Why else do you think they they drafted Dermott because he's a right shot defenseman? I think offensively gifted too. Yeah, I mean, if the Leafs uh, have one player that's been an example of what could go wrong with the whole left right shot, it's been Dion Phaneuf. I mean. He's, you know, he's a left-handed shot, yet they put him on the right side, and then Carlisle moved him to the left side. He wasn't doing so well, and then they changed him back to the right side. I mean, there are probably some players who prefer to play it on the offside. I think Fenev prefers to play it on the offside, but um, I think, yeah, you're right. Babcock definitely wants that balance. It makes it a lot easier to play, in, I guess, in his get his defensive structure all aligned with players playing on their on their right side, so on the right side of the ice. So, you know, you're probably not going to go out of your way to bench a player who deserves to be in the lab just because he's not the right shot. 
but at the same time, I think you want that balance. I think Babcock has shown that he really wants that balance, uh, not scratching certain players probably because of that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I mean, the only way I could see it is if a player is similar, if they're of similar talent levels and, you know, one's right shot, one's left shot, they'd obviously like the right shot defenseman. But, you know, at this point, they'll take any good players they can get. Well, Jake, you played a lot of hockey growing up. Is there anywhere else aside from the power play that you find the handedness would come in handy? Yeah, I mean, one one of the things is um, when you're in your defensive, say you're on a penalty kill too, you want to be able to have like sticks in your lane. And it's obviously a lot harder. If you're on the other side, you're going to go with your backhand. It's a lot harder to clear with a backhand because you're going to get a stronger shot off to clear it. And also, I guess, would be with passing because the only thing that's bad is when you're breaking out and you're turning and going up the opposite way, you have to go across your body to pass. That would be the only situation I could see. But, I mean, that's just for breakouts. But, I mean, yeah, generally, when I played, I always wanted to be on the opposite side, so my blade was fit, was more towards the middle, so I had a better shot of getting a shot off because I'm closer to the slot, and I don't have to cut in. I can just, you know, like, just shoot through a defenseman and use it as a screen, so... That's that's a big thing for me. I always wanted to be on the offside. Defensively, that's a big thing I know for a lot of players. And just to give our listeners a heads up out there, Jake, tell us some of the guys you played with during your time. Yeah, I actually uh, played for a, a youth team in New Jersey called the North Jersey Avalanche, and we played against a bunch of really good players. But a couple kids on my team are were Brett Pesci, who's on the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, JJ Pickenich, who's now playing for the London Knights and is a Leafs prospect. Uh, Connor Clifton, who's a defenseman, was drafted by the Coyotes, and he's now at Quinnipiac University. And a couple kids I got to play against were John Gaudreau, obviously on the on the Calgary Flames, Seth Jones, now on the Blue Jackets, Max Domi on the Coyotes, Kenny Agostino, who was a part of that Jerome McGinley trade, and Sonny Milano, who was the first round pick of Columbus. So, uh, a couple pretty good players in there. Not a bad list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, moving on from the Marlies in the AHL, uh, the Leafs got a lot of prospects that aren't in the AHL that are drawing headlines. Guys like Jeremy Bracco, uh, JJ Pekinich, like you're saying. Who do you guys have your eye on? Is there anybody else that catches your eye? Dave, and you in particular, I know you follow this pretty heavily. Is there anybody that you're keeping a keen eye on? I've been keeping my eye on uh, Dmitry Timoshov. Uh, you know, he's been lining up the Q, Q this, you know, in the Quebec League this year. Uh, I think he was one of Sweden's better forwards at the World Juniors. So he's been a guy, I mean, fifth round, fifth round draft pick. I mean, I think that's probably going to be one of the best picks that to come out of that draft in terms of value because they got him in the fifth round. Um, I've also been keeping my eye on Andreas Johnson over in the uh, Swedish League. He was kind of a bit of a forgotten prospect, not too much. I mean, he's been getting some a uh, little bit of highlights on Twitter. Just people have been mentioning him, but uh, you know, he's a player that could easily come to the Leafs next season. I mean, he doesn't want to leave there right now because he wants to stay finish up his contract in Sweden. But he's a player that I think we should be looking out for because he'll be definitely in consideration for a, a you know a spot on the roster even in training camp you'll you'll definitely be a player to watch there so those are probably two players would be the two swedish uh swedish prospects along with uh Nylander for the leafs i think you should be keeping your eye on for sure jake is anybody in particular you're keeping a keen eye on uh yeah mine is is definitely uh 
my favorite prospect on the Leafs is is Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, I'm just I going back to the Kessel trade. You know, I I loved Kapanen. I was I think I was the only person that wanted him over Derek Pouliot. So you know, I just want him to be able to build off of his World Juniors and the past week that he's done and stay healthy. And I think he can have a real impact this year in helping them win the Calder Cup and. I think he'll be given a long look in training camp next year. Um, I really like him as a player. I think he's got a gr- great shot, you know, very underrated skater, and he's got really good hands, too. I mean, he's he's probably the biggest of the Leafs forward prospects, which uh, I don't know if that's a little sad or not. He's about six foot, about 190. So, But, yeah, no, he's definitely the player I've, I've kept my eye on the most this year because I think he's got the most approved to Leafs fans. You know, being the 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 big piece in that Phil Kessel trade that has been looking better and better each day, and hopefully they make the playoffs so we can get that extra pick. Yeah, no kidding. Two guys for me that have really stood out is Jeremy Bracco from the Kitchener Rangers, and of course Mitch Marner the London Knights. I may be a little biased because I watch probably a little too much OHL hockey. Um, what do you guys think about Bracco and Marner? I know Marner's a stud, and he's probably going to be a shoe and to be a top six player. But what about you guys' thoughts on Jeremy Bracco? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Jeremy Bracco. He's a Long Island kid, so he's from uh, he's from around my area, so I've always liked him, and I was always impressed with the pick when uh, Mark Hunter picked him in the second round. I mean, personally, I, I, th- I think that I love Bracco, but I just see him as the odd man out. I mean, you look at the, the forward depth and for the Leafs, and all of these guys are small, so... You can't have your whole lineup be small, and I feel like he would be a great piece in a trade down the road. But, you know, right now he's looking like a great prospect, and the more he builds on it, who knows? He could be that, that uh, Johnny Goudreau type of kid, a guy who's uh, really small, but he's got great hands and a really good playmaker. I'm a big fan of his, but, you know, I, th- I just think that, you know, down the road he'd be a great piece to try and get some size or a defenseman on the back end or even a top goaltending prospect. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, every time on Twitter you see anything about Bracco, it's just about another highlight reel goal he scored in the OHL. You know, it was big news when he decided to move up to Kitchener to play in the OHL. Uh, you know, Sportsnet covered it pretty well. As Jake said, I don't think all these prospects, you can't see them all being on the Leafs because of the fact that they're all a bit on the smaller side. Um, it's interesting you know, that you say that he, that he could be someone to be traded I like to see what he could do, you know, if he gets a chance to play in the AHL. I'd like to see him go there first before they move him, but um so far I've been impressed to see what how he's been able to handle and he didn't have a lot of time to adjust to the OHL as well, which was another uh, interesting part there too, but uh he's he's definitely made the most of his opportunity there to uh to give himself uh the opportunity to imp- to impress the uh the Leafs uh management group who uh invested that pick in him. I totally agree with you guys. And watching him on the power play, he he wreaks havoc out there. And he is a bit undersized, and he loves to rely on that toe drag a bit to enter the slot. But, I, I, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, I love watching him play because he's fun to watch. But I, I get what you guys are saying when he says he's undersized and he may not be able to make it just because of that. Um, another player in the KHL right now that the Leafs have interest in, and he said to have mutual just with them, is uh, Nikita Zatsev, the defenseman. Jake, you wrote a piece about him basically going into depth about his skill set. Um, give us your overall thoughts on him and his game. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I actually got, was uh, able to watch him at the world uh, world championships. I mean, there was on TV, so got a chance to watch him. And he also played in the World Juniors. Remember him from back there, but. I think it's a great signing for the Leafs being able to give up nothing and you know get a a relatively big right shot defenseman who I think can slide in and play in a, a top six role next year. I mean, this is a guy that you know isn't a doesn't have incredible foot speed out there, but I mean he can definitely you know find his way out of out of tricky situations and he can win battles in the corner and in front of the net. You know, he's he's a relatively thick guy. But I think the the biggest thing for me is that he's going to be able to um, really uh, quarterback that power play. He he reminds me. I wrote in the piece too. He reminds me a lot of Cody Franzen in that respect. That he's got that slap shot. That's the it's kind of not all the way through, but it's kind of a half slap shot, kind of wrist shot that isn't isn't a Shea Weber type of 108 mile an hour slap shot. But it, it always finds its way either through traffic or off a stick and, and something like that. And he's also, you know, very defensively responsible. I mean, a lot of his scoring comes off of the power play, and he's got plus 30 on a CSKA team that's leading the KHL. So, I mean, plus minus isn't counted on the power play, so he's got to be doing something right, just not letting goals in when he's on the ice. Okay, no kidding. Dave, what are your thoughts on Zatsev? Well, yeah, I mean, when... When I first heard that the Leafs were in, were interested in contacting him, I was just doing some research because I didn't hear hear a lot about him. Um, there was one thing about when he came here. I think it was last summer with his agent, and he was really impressed with uh, you know Brandon Shanahan here and what he had going on with the Leafs. Um, I just like the fact that he's a defenseman that the Leafs desperately. I think the Leafs need a defenseman like him. You know, right shot. He has a bit. He has size. Uh, he's already played in the KHL against some of the league's best. Uh, some play, actually pretty good NHL players, you know, in Tarasenko, Laterra, and uh, St. Louis. So he's had experience playing against top quality uh, opponents. So as I definitely do think he could uh, make it make the team out of camp next year because I don't think the Leafs have as many options on the blue line moving forward. So. I like this move because you don't give up anything to get him, and you get a defenseman, which I think that's the position that I think the Leafs are kind of lacking talent right now. And I think that's the position they need to build on moving forward for sure. I think it's a great piece to add to that. So would it be fair to say that defense is the weak spot in the Leafs system right now for their prospects? Oh, 100%. I mean, they're they're really top-heavy with regards to talent. and they got a lot of high-end talent. And all of it is pretty much in the forward group. I mean, they don't have a lot of great organizational depth at either goaltender or defense. I mean, I think that's something in next year's draft they really have to look towards doing. I mean, not high end. Obviously, if they get a number one pick, I wouldn't advise them taking Chikrin. But maybe with that Pittsburgh pick and in the second round, look at a guy like that I really like is Jake Bean out of Calgary and the playing for the Hitmen in the WHL or Hopefully, Ole Eula Levy, uh, playing for London right now, can fall, or maybe the Leafs can somehow trade up for him. I think those are two great guys that would be tremendous adds to their system and really help them put them over the top. Because right now, they, they really only have two defensive prospects who I think have NHL potential. Um, Andrew Nielsen, uh, right-shot defenseman, playing in Lethbridge in the WHL, 
another tremendous value pick by uh, Mark Hunter. I mean, when he was drafted, I had no idea who this was, and I looked. I just did a quick gander at his stats. I'm like, oh, great, another defensive defenseman. But you know, right now he's actually leading the league in scoring for a defenseman, and he's been incredible for them. And obviously, Dermott's having a great year, so it, it's top heavy with those two guys. But outside of that, there there isn't really much NHL potential out there, and they obviously have to improve that going into next year's draft. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, you look at the I'm just taking a look right now at the Leafs uh, defenseman prospect depth chart. You have Stuart Percy, Renat Valiev, Travis Dermott, Jesper Lindgren, uh, Frankie Corrado, Scott Harrington, Victor Victor Love, Victor Louv, uh, Coney Donaghy, uh, Andrew Nielsen, Stephen uh, Desrochers. It's not. There's not really a player out there that really jumps at you saying he's going to be an elite level player. In my, I mean, Travis Dermott and probably Andrew Nielsen have taken steps to give that potential of being uh, a player, you know, a big contributor on a team. But the, you know, Morgan Riley, I think, is the only really big talent player that the Leafs have on the blue line right now, and you need to give him help. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've heard, I've seen many times, you know, Leafs fan comment and commenting on uh, Twitter saying that God Riley's trying to do everything himself, and it's it's kind of unfair to put all this pressure on him. So I do think that they need to find a way to add to that so that he can uh, ha- take a little bit of pressure off himself because there is a definitely a lot of him right now. So I'm hoping that the Leafs can can get a pretty decent defenseman in the draft and not have to spend a top pick to get it too. So that's that's why I think I definitely agree that the Leafs need to improve on in that area for sure. Okay, well, let me ask you guys this then. It kind of sounds like we all unanimously agree that William Nylander, Nikita Zatsev, and maybe a few other guys are going to make an impact next year in the in the NHL with the Leafs. Who else do you think can make the jump forward from either the AHL or even the OHL like Mitch Marner to play with the Leafs next year? Um, I think by default Mitch Marner is going to be given a long look, I mean, there's absolutely zero chance or zero point that he goes back to London next year. I mean, he's way too good for that league. I mean, it's going to do nothing for him but teach him bad habits. And, I mean, that's generally what OHL hockey is, not a lot of defense. So, uh, I mean, I can't see him going back to London. So, And he's too young to play in the AHL. So maybe, you know, give him a couple games and, and see what happens. Maybe do what uh, Edmonton did and then send him back to the uh, World Juniors or... Yeah, there's really no other options for him, so I think he's going to get a look. I think Kasperi Kapanen could surprise some people. I still think he's you know, a mid-season call-up next year away, but he's a really talented young guy. And I mean, as, you, as we saw at the World Juniors, when he's playing with uh, highly skilled players around him, he can make a difference. I mean, we're looking at a tremendous goal he scored to win the gold medal for the Finns. I also think uh, Brennan Leipzig, could make a surprise, uh, could get a surprise roster spot. Um, Connor Brown too, and that's probably it. I think those those uh, those five guys uh, would be would definitely be in consideration for roster spots next year. Dave, who you got? Well, obviously, I think Nylander, Marner will be two that definitely will get long looks at camp. Um, I think Leipzig will be another player, too. You have, I mean, you can kind of say Levo's playing with the Leafs now, so he's kind of made it there. But I think uh, going into next year, I think he could be a player that could uh, be in conversation for a uh, NHL spot. 
Kapanen is an interesting one. It, I think it depends on how much how much room they have and whether or not uh, Dubis thinks he may need another. It's just not even a full season, but just part of a season in the uh, AHL. I'm wondering about Connor Brown if the you no know, I. If he can continue this pace going into you know, into the playoffs and uh, finishing off strong, I think he's definitely going to get a big consideration for a spot. Scott Harrington, I think, could get a consideration too. I mean, he's I think he's dealing with some injury stuff right now, so that's going to be uh, interesting to see how he does going into training camp. I mean, Zaitsev, I'm pretty sure they're going to be full, giving him uh, the best opportunity to make the team. I, I would also probably put Andreas Johnson in that conversation too because I don't think he's going to leave Sweden just to go and play for the Marlies. I think his full intention is going to try to make the NHL. So he'd probably move up kind of up on the list there with Nylander, Leipzig, Brown, uh, just in Marner for uh, forward spots. So there could be a lot of players that are looking for spots, and uh, I don't know how many spots the Leafs will have, but... Hopefully they'll have enough to give some of these young players who deserve a shot a chance to make the team. I hope so too because the youth movement will help this team a lot. If it's a true rebuild, we're going to see a lot of young players play, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'll, I'll close us off with you guys and asking you this. With the trade deadline coming up, there's going to be tons of rumors. What a lot of people don't talk about is who the Leafs would get back in return. We're always talking about who they'd ship out, who we get rid of. But what do you guys think the Leafs should target at the trade deadline? Um, I mean, outside of, I think they should go for middle round picks between second and fifth. I, I personally don't see them moving Komarov. I would, because I think he would get a lot, but a lot of people in this fan base are smitten with him and think that he's a great guy to keep, but I mean, I don't know how realistic it is to see him score, you know, on a 25 goal pace, uh, every year, but you know, I think Parento could get a second-round pick. I think uh, Polak could get a third-round pick. Um, I think a fifth-round pick for, you know, guys like maybe Arcabello, who's doing really well in the AHL, and uh, Sean Mathias. I, I would prefer to get draft picks over prospects because I think, you know, the draft picks right now are just ammo uh, for Mark Hunter. I mean, clearly... He had one draft, and he's got probably seven players out of it that I think you know have a real future here. And I mean, ju- I just have all the faith in the world that Mark Hunter is going to go out and find uh, some great players. So I would just get as many picks as possible, and you know, maybe you get enough picks that you can use them to trade up or down and trade for player uh, bona fide NHLers for next year to fill out the roster. I mean, I would just personally go for picks, but that's just my opinion. Dave, what would you target the deadline? Well, for me, yeah, picks are like the number one. I mean, I heard you. I think uh, I remember Mike Babcock when he first did his press conference in Toronto. He said we need to give Mark Hunter as many picks as possible because that guy is just a workaholic when it comes to the draft. So yeah, I I could definitely see them move players for picks. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe a player with a little bit of more term. Uh, I've heard we've heard Jake Gardner's name come up in trade rumors. I think that'd be an interesting uh, thing to look forward. I know he's a very highly skilled player, but I mean, if a team's willing to take him, I think you have to at least entertain an offer. Um, you know, you've also seen that the Leafs have picked up some pros. You know, a player like Brendan Leipzig. I wouldn't mind if they try to get a prospect that they can plug into the AHL, who may have some size and skill that a team. Uh, 
has to part with. I mean, those are going to be hard to part with. I mean, the Leafs could also target that too, but I definitely do see them picking up some picks. But I'm wondering how much of the... Uh, there, a lot of the rental players will be sh- uh, moved out, but I'm wondering how many players on the team with either term or term going forward will be moved, like a gardener. I don't see Phaneuf getting moved. I've heard I've heard some people who cover the team say that Kadri, as much as they've given him praise, he could be moved. I mean, you know, Daniel Winnick, I think he'll he could get moved, even though he has another year left on his contract. Hunwick too. So that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm in agreement that you definitely need more picks and prospects would be uh, definitely on the top of the list for me. I wouldn't be looking for NHL players right now or unless they're younger players i'm with you guys i hope they load up on draft picks and prospects in particular draft picks because that's capital in the sports world you can trade them you can move up it just gives you a lot of flexibility so i'm hoping they kind of stockpile picks here Um, exactly before we go guys uh jake where can people find you on twitter or any Uh, social media yeah they can find me at at jake middleton 12 and is there anything else you'd like to plug in particular uh, no, not really, I guess. You know, it was just a really fun, really fun time on here talking a little bit about the Leafs. Not many people I get to talk about with around here outside of my dad, so <laughs> it's, it's nice being able to talk with, talk with some uh, fellow Leafs fans. I feel like the three of us could go all night talking about Leafs, especially the prospects. Yeah, exactly. It's Dave, definitely an exciting future. That it is. It's, it's, I'm very excited to see, and I never thought I'd say that in a scorched earth rebuild. <laughs> Yeah, you can find me, uh, D underscore Morrisuti, on uh, Twitter. You can find myself on Tip of the Tower. Um, hopefully, we've got... Actually, we have a guest lined up for an extra, but we'll announce that later as the uh, as we get prepared for that. Um, doing some... Uh, some Ryer, Where I go to school, Ryerson University, we're planning on doing some, uh, some little videos, too, just to try something new out. So I'll definitely uh, put that out on Twitter when, uh, when it's ready, but... Yeah, thank you again, Jake, for coming on. It's, this is really great uh, ch- chatting with you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Jake, thanks a minute, man. We're definitely going to have to do this again soon. Um, hopefully we can make like a weekly appearance and uh, we'll talk Leafs. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Looking forward to it. All right, guys, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the TOT cast this week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can also like our Facebook page at Tip of the Tower. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us there. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And better yet, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. We always appreciate the honesty. And thanks again for listening. Have a great night. Nielander. Tonight's Mitch Barner.